we continue further the question, what do we know about the omnipotence of God from the works of God described in the Bible? We were discussing the fifth head, the subject being Satan and the evil angels are conscious of the omnipotence of God. And we continue with the realm of demons. We know from the Bible that the fall of angels was a tragic fact, that God had created these spiritual beings who resided in an attitude of holiness, but were not satisfied to remain in that holiest state. And a number of them, a great host of them, fell and chose to rebel against God. And so concerning the demons, who the scripture reveals to be a great multitude, in James chapter 2, verse 19, we read that they believe and tremble, for they know that God has power over them. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble or shudder. When our Lord Jesus Christ contacted a demon-possessed individual, we read in the Matthew 8 and verses 28 and 29 that the demons recognized his authority over them. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And so we read in Luke chapter 4 and verse 36 of the recognized authority and power of the Lord Jesus Christ as he commanded evil spirits to depart from men who were bound by them. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they come out. Our Lord Jesus Christ not only possessed this power, but bestowed this power upon his twelve apostles as he sent them forth in ministry, as we read in Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. So our Lord Jesus was faithful in his sending forth to comfort and to deliver the souls of men. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, we read about the faithfulness and power of God as has been pledged to the faithful child of God to deliver him. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And so by the power of faith we can resist the forces of demons within our lives. As Christians we can lay hold on the promises of God, as we read in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, 
whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But if we go forth in our own strength, we shall find ourselves defeated, because the power does not reside within us, but in the great Lord Jesus Christ, our blessed Master and Savior. But in the sixth place, the power of God is manifested in the authority of God over death and over the destinies of men. In the fifth chapter of John's Gospel, we read concerning our Lord Jesus Christ and the power that has been given him. Verse 25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. And in verses 28 to 30, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of myself do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is true, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So the Lord Jesus Christ possesses this great authority. God shall expose the character of everyone and dispose their souls accordingly, because of which authority men ought to fear God. As you read in the 10th chapter of Matthew, verses 26 to 28, our Lord Jesus was telling his dear disciples about the persecution they were to expect and then said, Fear not them, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in the light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The hymn, of course, refers to God, who has authority over death and the destiny of men's souls. It is God who has power to judge and to dispose in proper reward and consideration of the sinner's life if he has not turned to God in repentance and been saved through faith in the death of Jesus Christ. We read in Revelation chapter 20, verses 13 to 15. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. With bowed head we consider such a dreadful doom of those who will not respond to the tender loving pleadings of a broken-hearted Savior for the sins of the whole world. But the truly repentant and pardoned sinner has nothing to fear from the awe-striking power of God. Indeed, he has faced some consciousness of this power in his conviction of sin. It was some sense of the holiness of God and the tragic necessity of the precious atonement of Christ that truly humbled his sinful and rebellious heart. Now the power of God becomes a sweet pledge of the loving care of God over his soul. 
What a transformation. What an opposite reaction the true child of God has a right to look for. The early church had wonderful experiences with the power of God as they walked faithfully in obedience and prayer. In the fourth chapter of Acts, we read an interesting account in verse 24 and onward. And when they heard that, they were threatened with uh, punishment. They lifted up their voice to God. Notice the authority which with they recognized God. With one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And notice the result. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Notice what they did under the power of the Spirit. They did not become ridiculous, but they were filled with elevated concepts of the wonderful truth of God. And they spake the word of God with boldness. So the early church experienced the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit and recognized the privileges that they walked under. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9, we know that we may walk in the loving confidence before God and need not fear the coming wrath of God because of sin. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. What a relaxed state the true child of God is supposed to abide under. In the second epistle to Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 7 to 10, we read that the true children of God may look forward to a profound admiration of the greatness and the power of God. While the rebellious segment of mankind who refuse submission to this loving Savior have a fearful doom awaiting them. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. But notice, in spite of this great power, the true children of God shall have wonderful admiration because they have experienced the tender mercies of God when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony was to you as believed in that day. And then in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19 and verses 20 to 21, we have the exceeding abundance of the power of God 
which is to be the constant joy of the Christian. How wonderful is his expectation! And to know the love of Christ which patheth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Thus we see that the Bible reveals abundantly the omnipotence and power of Almighty God through the works that he has accomplished and will accomplish. May many escape the necessary judgment of God by coming to the tender Savior as he stretched forth his tender heart, having died for the sins of the whole world and your sins. May we pray. Our Heavenly Master, how we thank thee that although thou art great and profound in power, more than we human mortals can ever form any true concept of. Yet, those of us who have experienced thy wondrous salvation have found an inner confidence of heart that shall cause us to be stricken down with awe and yet with tender confidence. O oh, may many escape the necessary judgment that must come upon those who are in rebellion against such a great and loving God by repenting of sin, coming to the cross of Jesus Christ by faith, finding forgiveness and a relationship with God that shall prevail for eternal ages. In our Savior's name we pray. Amen.